Hi everybody, welcome to Shaky Sports Journeys. Uh, for the first time we have three faces on screen um, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Mr Ryan Flanagan. Hello Ryan. And special guest today, very special guest, you know, one of... A very a very likable guy in Scottish cricket, loved by many. We're joined today by Neil Francis Ian McCallum. How are you, sir? I'm oh, very well, thanks, Shaky. Hello, Flanners. I wasn't quite expecting the Francis chat, but uh, nice to see you, boy. Good to see you as well, mate. Good to see you. It's been it's been a while. I think last time I seen you was at Stirling when you boys had just uh, turned over Clydesdale to win the win the Scottish Cup. That would have been 2014. That's right. That's a while. That's mental. Six years, the amount of time I've spent with you prior to that. I mean, you practically grew up in my neck of the woods. Um, we'll talk about that at some point as well. Uh, cross my loof, as you call me all the time. Um, but I want to take you, what we'll do is we'll take you through a wee bit of a journey today. Um, so we're going to start all the way back. You were born 22nd of November, 1977. And, I mean, I'm scary to say that you are now 43 years old. I can't imagine <laughs> you being a 43-year-old. But uh, born and bred in a place called Curry. where is that? Curry's on the outskirts of Edinburgh, um, just past sort of Collington on the way out to Balerno. Uh, Mum and Dad have, are still there, actually, uh, 43 years on from when I was born. But, yeah, no, they've, they've lived there all our days. And, um, yeah, my mum worked at Watson's and... Uh, that's kind of where where I ended up at school. So yeah, we've we've been there all our days. Yeah, see, that was that's another question I want to ask you. You went to private school. That just doesn't. I mean, I, I've played a lot of cricket with you, been around you a lot. I mean, you're a wee bit of an head. Mate, you, mate, <laughs> mate, that's something that I've absolutely wound them up all my days about. Like this guy, right? This this PE teacher, this wannabe posh man, right? that's at what's on. He's just an absolute head case. How is he? How's he ended up there? <laughs> Hang on a minute. If I'm a Ned, if I'm a Ned, what on earth is Flanners? I'm a Jakey. He's a Jakey. Yeah. I'm a Ouija. And you are you're the, the, the most unposhest private, you're the most unposhest private school boy I think I've ever met, Mr. McCallum. That's nice to hear. That's nice to hear. So how was but, but tell us about your tell us about your childhood then. What was it like growing up? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously I went to Watson's. Um, my mum taught in the primary school. My sister and I attended there, um, played sport. We didn't really start cricket till about primary six. Uh, now at school, it's offered in P4, P5. But uh, yeah, I didn't start till primary six. I, I probably hit some balls on my dad when I was younger and played some football, played a little bit of rugby at school, but but didn't play a huge amount of cricket. And it certainly wasn't uh, wasn't in Curry anyway. So yeah, no. Um, and then in the holidays, we would we would head away to the west coast and and have holidays over there. And there wasn't a, it was more water sports and and sort of my mum and dad have got a small boat and uh, a lot of our family are over there. So yeah, I didn't really, as I say, didn't get into cricket till sort of later on in the primary school really. Whereas kids are exposed to it far more now um, with all the opportunities, not just at Watsons but at all the clubs in in, in and around Edinburgh, which is which is great. Neil, see when you were growing up and you mentioned school, obviously uh, you know, cricket didn't come into school till later. Was it still the same back then? Because obviously when, when I was growing up at Kells High School, it was very much of cricket wasn't the sport that you want to play. Was it the same back in your day as well? Do you get a bit of stick for it or not? Uh, I didn't get much stick, no. It was just, um, it, was, it was kind of just really rugby in the winter and then cricket in the summer. Um, and that, that's the way it went. And it, I played P6, P7, S1, S2... 
and then started to sort of get into the maybe the, the like the district stuff under 16s but so I didn't get any stick for it or anything it was just you know um, I, think Ryan, I think Ryan I think Ryan forgetting I think Ryan's forgetting he went to a public school in Kelso and you went to a, you went to a private school. Marco was a bit confused there. He's like, no, mate. I mean, it's part of our connection. Exactly. Exactly. He, he just got torched for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, as, as you say, Shiki, it was just part of the curriculum and, and it's what, what we did, really. Um, a bit like Hutchie. Same, same, kind of, same kind of setup. Rugby, cricket, two main sports. Very, very similar. Yeah, exactly the same. Same at all the schools in Edinburgh and, you know, um, your Heriots, your Merkistons, your Ackies, your Fettys, Loretto's. It's it's very similar. And it, and it still is today, really, but we're trying to get more girls playing, trying to get more and more teams out, maybe going down the pink ball line, which is far more exciting than, you know, uh, and, and shorter games now. So there's, there's you know, more runs, more wickets. It's, it's more exciting. No, good, good. So what what is it, um, what is it, what, what, uh, what is it you teach? Are you high school? Are you primary school? I, 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 what? Where is it you teach? Because obviously, we for the listeners, you are a PE teacher um, yeah. at at Watsons now, yes, and have been for many for many years. So, what what age group do you teach? So it's a big department. There's about eighteen or nineteen members of staff, um, and we teach across the lower primary, which is your nursery, primary one, primary two, primary three. Then we've got the junior school classes from P four to P seven, and then S one to S six. So it's a it's a really busy place. Um, one minute you can be teaching nursery, you know, four-year-olds how to try and do a really simple forward roll. The next class you might have seniors giving you a bit of jip and a bit of banter, which is, uh, that's, that's why I love it, because every class is different. You can go from different age groups and um, it's, it's, it's a great place to work. I've, seen, really I've seen Neil do a, a, a plenty forward rolls in my time, um, mostly without clothes on, but um, I'm sure that's why he loves it being a teacher at Watson's because you're a young, young kid at heart anyway, that's for sure. Let's take the forward rolls out. It's normally cartwheels and handsprings. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me, when did you, st- when did you start realising that you were decent at cricket? I mean, you, you, meant you touched on their district cricket and stuff like that. So did, was Watson's the, the first club uh, that you started as a junior? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember S2, I scored quite a lot of runs, um, a few 70s, 80s against other schools. And then... In third year, I got into the first 11 under uh, under the watchful eye of Willie Morton and um, started to get into the East under 16. I think the first year I was kind of 12th man, 13th man. There was a lot of good players. Ayaz Gould, Brian Townsend, Stuart Moffat, Fraser Watts. And then the next year, because I was young enough, I got the extra year. So I was able to sort of cement my place in the East under 16 team. And then um, did, did quite well. They got a few runs. And then in the trial match, managed to, to get a few as well. And Got into the under-16 side that played Wales up at Brotty Ferry. Lovely Brotty Ferry. You mentioned the late Willie Morton there. Now, I have a lot of fond memories of turning up at Watsonians and watching you two get up to just loads of different antics, you know, flying around on that, on that, um, you know, the, 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 ro- the, ro- not the roller, the, you had the tractor as well, and you would be flying all over the place. You know, he must have had a massive influence on you as a, as a cricketer and coming through. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm holding back the tears here. Willie was, he was a legend. He really was. Um, I had two years when I left school, and I sort of said to Willie when I was at uni, Willie, is there any chance for a, a summer job? And he was like, Mac, I'll see what I can do. And sure enough, two summers there, rolling wickets, cutting grass, getting up to all sorts of antics with my good mate Paul Taylor, known as Sweeze, and what a laugh we had. It was, honestly, but a jokes aside, I mean, Willie was, he was a great mate. Um, really fond of him but his knowledge as you mentioned there shaky 
it rubbed off on me, his enthusiasm for cricket, not just training, but working hard and, you know, bringing that into a changing room and just trying to keep people going. When you have good days, you have bad days, but just trying to trying to keep everyone motivated. And, and Willie was brilliant at that. And to work for him and then be really good mates with him and to baby babysit Keith. He was basically, he asked me and Sweeties to babysit Keith when he was younger. So he and Donna could go out and I don't know how he trusted, I don't know how he trusted us with that, but God knows what you've got up to, man. God, he probably came home and the house was upside down. Well, yeah, yeah. There was one story. We were playing table tennis one Saturday morning before the Scottish Darts Open. Keith was older by this stage. And a lady from the Watsonian Club went into work. But I was playing with very little clothing on, basically my boxer shorts on. And uh, this is at half six in the morning. Sweetie and I are playing ping pong. And the lady says to Willie on the Monday morning, Willie, were you playing uh, table tennis at half six on Saturday morning? And he was just like, oh, no, that was freezing. And they were, we stayed over before we went to Glasgow for the Scottish Darts Open. But no, I mean, all jokes aside, Willie, Willie was a legend. And um, I think about him every day when I'm at school, just about. What was there? Is there any sort of standout stories from Morts? Any, any absolute beauties? When, where do we start? Where do we start? There'd be too many. There'd be so many. many. If I, feel free to yeah. tell us one. Some man. We went, we were at the caravan and um, <laughs> well, this is this is honestly true. There was about six of us through there. Keith was about, I don't know, first year and it's about two in the morning and we've had a had a few beers and uh, we're walking home and Willie had the old, uh, remember the old Surridge tracksuit, the white one? Yeah. I, yeah. We're walking back to the caravan and suddenly a car came and the rule was if a car came, you had to hide. So we've all dived off the road and Willie's, Willie's dived into the bracken what he thought was hiding, but he's actually just lying at the side of the road. And the car's pulled up to him. And it's two in the morning and the guy's going, excuse me, are you all right? Well, he's gone. I'm fine. Yep, yeah, I'm absolutely <laughs> fine. Lying there and a white track to the side of the road, standing out a mile. But, Meant to be uh, hiding. Uh, Meant to we're be hiding. Rolling our heads off. Willie's lying at the side of the road in his white tracks. So, <laughs> he's a, he was, what he was some, he was like, he's some, he was like, he liked to play a tennis, didn't he? Jesus. Oof, what a boy. Oh, he was, Unbelievable. Uh, he was such a such a just always had a knack of just one liners. His one liners were just always oh incredible. I'm good friends with Keith. I caught up with him a couple of weeks ago when mm -hmm. Ollie was playing football over in um, Queensferry, and he's got a wee a wee girl now, Ava. So yeah, it's, it's really nice that we we oh, keep my in touch. Called, my daughter's called Ava as well. Good choice. Good so choice. That's, so that's nice. Good choice. Well done, Keith. I like the I like the I like the choice of name there. Um, no, listen, that's that's great. That's great. You know, I remember, I remember that's where I, that's where I first met you, Maka. This lunatic that just turning up at Watsonians and just you honestly get just full of energy and just flying all over the place. Um, and, and you and Willie were you, you seem like you were you had quite a bit quite a bit of banter around those parts. It's great great to hear. You then um, you decided to go glory hunting. Well, that's the only way I can see it. You you ditched Watsonians. Well, this guy at the top left did the same thing as well. And you both uh, headed over to the oh, there it is the the stags. Um, I, I don't get how as, as much as I was talking about youth, like Maka. I, I sometimes wonder how you fit in at a private school. How this Kelsey lad fits in at Grange, I'll never, I'll never know. But you you decided to go to Grange. What 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 brought about the move? Um, Grange had asked me a couple of years before that. It was two thousand and four. Uh, I, I moved in two thousand and four in the winter and played in. The summer of 2005 but they'd asked me about two or three years before that and I said no no and I, I stayed loyal to Watsonians but 
I, I was doing the captaincy, I was trying to organise the tees, and it just became quite a big burden. And uh, decided when Andy Wilson messaged me um, early 2000 or late, to, late, late 2004, come for a drink, we went for a drink, we had a chat, and like, the club are keen that you come to join them. And uh, and to be honest, you know what? It was it was the best thing I did. Um, I got some runs that well, I scored 100 in my first game down at down at Air, which was uh, which was a relief and a, a really nice start. Um, and then, yeah, managed to get a few runs that summer, and then got back into the, the national squad, which was which was kind of the goal really. So, well, what did you say? Was that was that a big reason for you making that move? I mean, you were obviously knocking. Well, well, knocking on the door for national honours now, was that part of the reason as well? Yeah, it was just to get back and enjoy my cricket, really, try and get away from all the pressures of the captaincy. And I think I'd done maybe four or five years at Watsonians and um, I'd probably not scored the runs that I should have. I uh, had a great time there with Drummo. Uh, James Henderson was a huge influence, the professional, mm-hmm. great guy, great player. Learned a lot from him. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was, it was a really a, a fresh challenge and something that I probably needed to do and, and one that I look back on that I think, you know, I probably should have done a couple of years earlier, but as I say, stayed loyal to Watsonians and then decided to move over to Grange and uh, yeah, it was a, a good move in the end. See, Maka, so just just to, just so if people don't know, so were you were you playing for Scotland whilst you were at Watsonians or not? Did you, did you get your first cap when you were at Grange? Do you know what? I got my first cap. I was, when I, going back to Willie, I got, I was in the um, Bothy at, at lunch and the phone went and it was Willie and he answered it. And his eyes cast across the room to me, and it was Jim Love. Right. But I didn't know that. And he was uh, he was basically asking, could Maka come away for the, the Triple Crown down south? And Willie was sort of looking at me going, yeah, no, that shouldn't be a problem. So, yeah, I made my debut in 2000, and then had, I think I got maybe 14 caps, or maybe just, on, just yeah, 12 or 13 caps, and my high school was 14, and just didn't get the runs that, you know, I was looking for, and it wasn't a great start. And then I'm sure you'll touch upon it shakily, but it got a bit better after that time because I worked hard on my game between sort of 2003 and 2006 when it when it kind of took off a bit more. Do you do, do you think you do you think you you weren't quite what what was the reasons in your first stint coming in that you think you didn't obviously you've, you've we'll talk about that you've said you worked in your game and stuff but. Do you think you weren't quite ready yet? Do you think that came a little bit too early? I think I was ready. I just didn't, just probably didn't take my chances. Probably a, probably a couple of poor shots in there. Um, second cap was at Lords and nicked off first innings and second for, you know, not many, which was a great occasion. And I was slightly disappointed about that. But yeah, I just didn't get, just didn't get the runs that I was looking for um, under Jim Love. Uh, and then Juddy called me back in early 2000s, went to Ireland, again, didn't get many runs, and I was thinking, man, this is this is tough going, and um, again, went back to club cricket. I probably, I remember Ryan saying to me, Mark, you've got to let the ball come to you a bit more, you you lunge at it, I had quite a big front pad that, that yeah. went hard at it, hard hands, yeah. and that's that's maybe why I was nicking off or, or getting LBW falling over it, um, and just tried to work on that and, and try and stay taller. Uh yeah, it, 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 paid, you know, it paid off later on. It sounds like you were maybe just putting a bit too much pressure in yourself, Mark, at early doors. You were, um, because you, you, by the time, by the time I played with you in the national team, you were already, you were very settled, pretty settled as a national team player. And I, and I seen you probably play some of your, some of your best cricket. Obviously, I didn't see the, the stint under Jim Love, but it sounds to me just like, because yeah, you were quite a, 
you were quite, you know, you, you like to you like to get the feet going early, and it sounds like maybe early you were just putting a bit too much pressure on yourself. So by the time you came back to the second stint, probably mentally your head was in a in a better place. Yeah, I think you're right there. I remember uh, I played a game for the 18 down in Durham at the racecourse ground, and I was maybe 20 not out of tea, and, and Jim Love pulled me aside, and I don't know if you guys ever met Jim or. Yeah, I had a good. Yeah. Honestly, he was the hardest bloke you've ever met. He was yeah. hard as nails, scared, scared of him massively. And he pulled yeah. me aside. He was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? He says, you're 20 not out. The spinners are on. Play your normal game. Just yeah. get out of the ball. So I remember after T taking guard, three or four balls, whack. Spinner went over the top and ended up getting about 110 not out. And at the end of the day, he was like, I picked you to play your natural game. Just, yeah. you know, play it. So... That was that was nice. That was that was a good moment um, before my first cap. That you know, I managed to get 100 for the 18 down at down at Durham. Uh, Hendo was watching, and, and <laughs> the hard as nails, Jim Love. Yeah, both of them were pretty hard to be honest. When they were when they were together, it was uh, it was quite a, quite a twosome. They, they quite, but they knew the cricket. So I mean, they knew they knew they were talking about. Oh, but yeah, Jim wasn't the one who mince his words, was he? No, he wasn't. Honestly, I remember once in Holland with an under 19 tour and. Scott Dempsey was just throwing some balls to me and he's thrown one on my pads and I've just pinged it off my pads and I've heard this smash and I've gone, oh no, tennis club window, great big window, gone, smashed. So we've got back in the changing room and Jim Love is like, guys, what's it? What's so funny? And someone's piped up, oh, they used to call me Caravan in those days. Caravan just stuck the, one of your balls through the, the tennis club window. He's gone, you what? <laughs> you what? F the window. Go and get me effing ball back. And I was like, oh, man. So I had to leave the changing room, jump the massive fence, scamper in, grab his ball back. Honestly, he was hard as nails. But I think once you got to know him, you broke down a few of those barriers. He was actually, he was a, he was a really nice guy at heart. But yeah. geez, the, the front he put up was... <laughs> yeah, frightening, frightening. You, you, didn't, you didn't piss around at training or anything like that. You just got your, you just got your head down. Um, one game I want to touch on, which is, is, is a game where I... I, I think a lot of people just really, really I think you really announced yourself as a as an international cricketer. Was a game at Grange, your home grounds, you know you know it well. Beautiful sunny day against Pakistan, which in your, I think it was your first full ODI. Um we were in serious trouble. I mean we must have been four down for not very many. I think you batted okay. five or maybe for twenty, was it? Hammy gone, McNeil McCray gone. There was you know, the top order was was blasted out, and you and uh, Ryan Watson, Mister Rhino, came together um, and just started setting about the Pakistani spinners, which was which was uh, which was kind of you weren't really entitled to be doing that because we were meant to be struggling against their spinners, but you in particular decided to start playing your 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 best shot. I mean, right? Glanners wants to wants to really pick your brains about that. He he loves he loves your sweep, but I mean, Danish Canaria, I think it was Shoaib Malik, um, Mohammed Afiz, all proper old, proper one day spinners. Danish Canaria in there as well. Danish Canaria as well, and you just started smoking them, getting that big toilet of yours down, <laughs> <laughs> big, big That's stride. What That's what you've got to do. Smack them. Get that toilet down. Tell us about tell us about going out to the middle. Everything about that day of, of your memory of it. Oh man, I, I get, when you were mentioning that, I get goosebumps about that. It was uh, 
it was June time, obviously I had to get a day off school and I remember doing the warm-up and we were doing some stretching and, and Drino came over the top of me and he was like, you're playing today. And I was like, oh, you're beastie, brilliant, you're beauty. You're batting six. I was like, magic, thanks, Pete, that's great. And then um, I can't remember what happened to the toss. I think Pakistan maybe won it. Anyway, we ended up batting. So, you know, tracksuit on. I'll put the box and the thigh guard on and, you know, just I'll chill a wee bit. We'll get through the first 10. And then suddenly Stroppy's gone, Neil McRae's gone, I'm like, oh my God, I'm in there, pads on, and I'm out, and I'm stretching, and I'm in a tent, and the place is rammed, there's 5,000 people yeah. there, it was baking hot, and the wicket was magic, and I'm thinking, oh man, we're, you know, 10 for 2 or something, and suddenly it became 20 for 4, and Floppy was LBW, I remember Daryl Hare's going up, hand going up, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Out I go. So take guard. You've got Umar Ghul steaming in from the pavilion end. You've got Mohammed Asif coming up the hill. And I'm just thinking, we could be 25 or 26. And Rhino and I, I don't know, but we just we just chatted and we said, let's try and get a partnership going. Um, I remember a Umar Ghul bowled one and I just threw my hands at it and it scudded through backward point, hit the boundary, the roar. I was like, whoa, gee whiz, well, we're 24 for four now. <laughs> um, <laughs> But no, we, we managed to get a partnership going. And as you say, the spinners came on and, yeah, just managed to get, I don't know, a couple of top edges off um, Shahid Afridi. He wasn't particularly, he's got some choice words to say. He wasn't particularly complimentary. Uh, he had a right go at me. And then Danish Canary, I had a clue what way Danish Canary was going. I was just literally getting the front pad down, rooming it away and, and you know, got a couple of way through there and down to the boundary. And, yeah, we managed, as I say, get a partnership going. Rhino played beautifully for his 80 I think he was caught in bold, which was a real shame. There was so, so much time left when he got out as well. It was so I was so disappointed because he could have went on and get a big hundred there. I know, I know, because we got we ended up getting just over two hundred, and I remember they were ninety for five, and I was thinking, you know, we probably did well to get two hundred. I think my sixty-eight was off about one hundred and forty balls. So, no, but, uh, but but in the but in the context of the game, yeah. marker, I mean, yeah, I four down for twenty. So yeah, I mean, we got two or three, and I said they were ninety for five, and if we just snuck a couple more there, we could have had them in. You know, all sorts, but um, I think Mohammed Youssef played beautifully and yep. then Razak. Razak smashed it at the end. But yeah, as you say, if, if, if Rhino had got a few more and we'd managed to maybe get, if he got 100, I'd maybe got 80 or 90, then we could have got 240, 250, and that would have been a, a different ball game altogether. But, yep. but Mark, that sums you up as a cricketer. You said 60 of 140 balls, but maybe that was you becoming the guy that you, you turned into, that guy that's a grafter, everyone knows what you're like in the middle, you mean you, you wear your heart on your sleeve, is that, does that just come naturally to you mate, was it, because I, I know I've batted with you many times and the one thing, it's it's always a good laugh isn't it, when you're at the crease together but you can see the determination and I'll go on to talk about that 100 against Afghanistan as well in the final, I know I know they got beat but was that something that just came natural to you? Yeah, I, I don't know, I think so, I think I, knew, I wasn't sure what you guys were going to ask me today, but I think one of the things that stands out is that some of my finest innings for, for Scotland were when we were under massive amounts of pressure and, you know, if I'd nicked off well, it wouldn't have really mattered. But actually, I really enjoy the fight. I enjoy digging deep and trying to battle through that and get through it and, you know, get a partnership with whoever it is, whichever batters at the other end. Just, you know, that one against Afghanistan was, was smudger and we put on 100 and whatever it was for the ninth wicket. But... Just trying to get, you know, I, I tell the kids at school, just try and get a single and get down the other end mm -hmm. when you're under pressure. And that, for me, was just trying to get that partnership going and get down the other end and try and get on top of a couple of bowlers if you can. Try, You know, you've got to keep the scoring going because if you don't, then that pressure builds and you do something stupid anyway. So that's it's just... 
that was a sensational knock against Afghanistan. Mate, I remember Hamid Hassan bowling ninety clicks easy that day. Remember he bowled the ball to to Kyle, right? Mm. And it's went off a length, and and it's went over first slip's head, and landed about one bounce four. When he was at his peak, he was really he was really sharp. But that was yeah. that was some knock. I mean, that's the best knock I've ever seen. I know, I know we got beat, but I just in terms of like absolute graft, difficult conditions. Um, you know, it's difficult to celebrate a hundred, isn't it? When you're on a losing team, but I think you must have took a lot away for that as well, especially at your time, of your career as well. Yeah, I remember he bowled seriously quickly from the pavilion end in Dubai, and he bowled twenty overs before lunch. And the first, the last over was as quick as his foot. I didn't face his first few, but again that day we were, I think we were twenty for three, mm-hmm. batting first in a, a five-day final, which sadly lasted two and a half, maybe three days, but. Again, we were under the cosh, and it was just a case of hey, right here we go, head down. Or, I know, I know. I, by then, I'd had quite a lot of, you know, circumstances like that, and so I had some experience to draw on and just get through. You know, get through the next five overs. Can we get ten runs in that period? And it was just small chunks, like knocking off a, a large total. Just I keep like you guys know, I like to keep things nice and simple. Simple. So it was just just trying to chip away and, and, and get to 50, get to 70, get to 80. And, and so not me personally, but the team and, mm-hmm. and try and get there. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that knock in Dubai was, yeah, I enjoyed that. It was, it was a tough slog, but um, yeah, it was, it was rewarding at the end. There's, I heard a story, Flanners, Flanners do, do tell me, I mean, you were obviously on that tour. Um, that's something we're going to touch on quite a bit, actually, because the man that we've got at the bottom of the, bottom of the screen today is probably one of the best, I'll, I'll say this, one of my favourite Teammates to tour with, I'm sure Flanners, you would be the you would be the same. I mean, you're a you're a great 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 team man in the changing room, but off the field, you're just as much of a you know great character. You know, always got to just keep an eye out, keep an eye what's going on when Macca's around. You know, he could be getting up to something or could be some antics going on. Uh, but there was a few antics, I believe, in the in the old trip to Dubai, Flanners. The funny thing is, you know, you mentioned that it's Mac said, unfortunately, you know, we, we got beat in about two and a half days. And that was my first ever tour uh, in the Scotland team. I didn't play our 12th man again, short corner, but I was there. And uh, it was good to be a part of the group and, uh, you know, learn for the, the senior people. But I think we got, you know, I'd see, we'd seen Barasti bar more than we'd, we saw the middle of the wicket, put it that way. And I always remember Maka walking out with this pink hat on back to front in this Barasti bar. And there was a pool there as well. And it, obviously, it said, do not enter the pool. And I'm pretty sure Maka tried to enter this pool on a number of occasions. Of course, he did. Russian, of course Russian he did. bouncers said no. Um, but there's one particular event I remember, and it's it's Berrington and, and, and Mr. McCallum. When you put these two together, you need to be very, very careful. So, Juddy was one of the funniest guys ever. Obviously, Pete Steiner was the coach. And all I remember is we sat down at a nice team meal at the hotel and you know having a few drinks. And uh, Juddy's drinking red wine and... Uh, everyone's sitting away and, and, and all of a sudden Juddy sort of goes bloody hell Peter Peter oh god I'm, I'm burning up here man and he's like so Juddy gets the he gets the red wine and he, he starts smashing the red wine back because he thinks that hey, Peter someone's done someone's done something to me here mate so what happened was Maka and Richie had put Tabasco sauce in the red wine right and so he was drinking the red wine to try and cool him down he thought it was in the pizza or the water so he just kept knocking it back and he keeps getting sweatier and sweatier <laughs> and he's getting louder. And you can just see Richie and Maka absolutely creasing themselves. So, uh, Maka, what was your memories of that story? <laughs> yeah, spot on. That's spot on. Johnny gave as good as he got, let's be, let's be honest. But yeah, Indeed. there's one of the missing character in that in that duo and it's uh, Mr. G. Gowdy. He's oh. a bad man. 
He's a bad man as well. Don't forget him. He's a him. quiet assassin, isn't he? He doesn't quite. Yeah. He just. He don't, He's just quietly goes about his business. You don't know. Richie's a little bit louder, but uh, yeah, those. Those. You think I'm bad with Vero? Those two are even worse. What's your best story, Juddy? Uh, just as we're on the topic, you must have a few with him, mate. I actually, I actually enjoyed. I think it was Canada. Um, a certain Mister Kazim Sheikh had. <laughs> he'd done over. Uh, He'd done over Juddy's bedroom a beauty. It was he just turned it upside down. You can imagine Juddy the next morning. I was going absolutely mental. We actually bought Akira Maka. I actually managed to get the key card to his room at three o'clock in the morning and go in with a jug of ice water, threw it over him in bed. And then when I went to run out, my co-pilot, Richie Barrington, closed the door on me. (laughs) Trying to get out, and I could hear Juddy getting up, and he's like, What the? So yeah, but continue the next morning. So Juddy was like, right, I've got a good idea who it was. And uh, we were, I think, Shaky, you were batting. And uh, he was like, right, I think I know who it is. I said, how are you going to get him back? And he said, well, I've got some wasabi from the sushi we had last night. So he took took Shaky's Powerade bottle and just wound it around, loads of it around the inside. So, of course, when he's come out... How hot was it, Maka? How hot was it in Canada? It was boiling. Absolutely roasting. So we're all sitting there. Shaky's taking the lid off and everyone's in on it. Boom. Explosion. She's I, I hit the floor. I hit the floor and I remember I was like... <laughs> so funny. He, he was did, just standing there going, my, my, Michi, my, my. He got you back a beauty. He got you back a beauty. There's another, there's another good story from that tour, Mark. I, I don't know if you actually answered the phone, um, but there's a $90 story. which oh, uh, the, the old Bermuda. And Juddy again was was part of that where we'd uh, we'd we'd got well we got looked after in Bermuda didn't we 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 got you know the the food and everything was incredible, but on the last day there was a we were meant to be flying out and there was a, a hurricane. Which <laughs> hurricane was mental, by the way. I was I was fearing from a I was scared that during that was mental that I've never seen anything like that that was that was pretty worrying. Um, so we were all in our rooms and uh, we'd went down for breakfast, Maka. And uh, we'd had a swanky three-course breakfast that we'd been having. And I thought it would be quite funny to call around all the rooms and let everybody know that that wasn't actually for free. And it was going to be nine, you guys all $90. So who are, you, who are you rooming with? I was with Ross Lyons. That's I right, think Ross. I, I think I was there when you made the call. I, yeah, I was you there. were, but Ross wasn't that. Ross was actually one of those. He wasn't that bothered. But I think he, he turned around to you and said afterwards, but I, what, what was your recollection? Well, I remember you you going, you're, I'm going to phone the rooms and we'll get Dougie Lockett. We'd been told that the lunch, the, I think it was a lunch or a breakfast, whatever it was, was going to be on the Bermudan cricket board. Yeah. So we all, we all went to town. We had a muckle feast. It's blowing a bully outside. The palm trees are smashing about. It was going nuts. And, uh, you know, Dougie, you know, Dougie likes his food. And, of course, he's H2O, so he's swilling it up. And he's, he's eating as much as we can. We had a massive feast. And she says, I'm going to go back to the rooms and I'm going to phone everyone. So I was like, I'll come with you. So he phones Dougie's room and Dougie answers and he puts on this accent and he's like, just let you know, Mr. Lockett, that that, that lunch was actually going to cost you $90. And you can imagine Dougie, $90? $90? He went mental. I'm not paying for that. No, no, I was on the Bermudan cricket board. He was going nuts. Juddy, Juddy, Juddy was like, no, no, no. Take it up with the Bermudan cricket board. Take it up with the... But I'd actually managed to get a few of the boys because I told them to come to the, the main reception and it wasn't until the evening, I think we'd all congregated round and there was Frago, there was everybody, everybody was all round and were like, did you get a phone call? Did you get a phone call? What's going on with this food? What's going on with it? And <laughs> just sitting in the corner, 
That won't be. That was a good one. Right. One more passing before we leave this tour. Canada. I mean, again, probably one of the favourite cricket tours I've ever been on. What a great bunch of guys. We played good cricket. We enjoyed ourselves off the pitch. Um, we won both games, both four days we won. It was the last night in Canada. And we decided nice. to we decided to go to a a, a a nightclub and we were we were all there together, all having a good time. It was it was very, very hot. It was an outdoor venue. And you might want to just shed some light, but the next minute I turned around and you were getting escorted out the venue by a couple of bouncers. What 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 went down? Well, as you say, it was hot. So I, I decided to take off my shirt and I was just having a wee bit of a I don't know, I sort of gather a moment and uh, yeah, before I knew it, boof, arm behind the back, out of here. Um, yeah, I wasn't allowed to take my top off, uh, so it seems so. Marched out, that was me, <laughs> gone. I think the rest of us left as well because it was like, it was getting quite late and it was like, I was getting chucked out. <laughs> I was actually worried that they might do you in round the corner when they get you outside, but I think you're too nice a guy. You weren't exactly trying to fight them, you were just looking at you. I was just like, well, I'm not going to wrestle with these boys. They've absolutely got me all arms up here, so I'm out of fear. Yep, thanks, boys. No worries. Thanks, boys. So, again, you wanted to, you wanted to touch on um, some stuff as, stuff as well, but some planners and a few other things in regards to Maca on the field. But one of the other th knocks that I think really stands out when I was looking at your career, and it was very early again, was 100 that you scored against Ireland and Nairobi, which... You know, you're only, I think you're only the second ODI 100 for Scotland after Ryan, Ryan Watson. Um, talk to me about that. That must have been a big knock for you. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was, uh, where was that again? Nairobi. In, Nairobi, that's right. Kenya. Yeah. Um, we were chasing 270, 280. We were 50 for three. Uh, went out and um, managed to get a, a partnership going with. Uh, floppy, he had a runner. So Fraggle was out there. And as we started getting to over 100 and 120 and 150, the, the, the Irish um, started sort of getting a little panic on. And every over, Fraggle would come in. Me and Floppy would chat, right, we're going to target this or we're going to do that. And you can imagine Fraggle was running about like a madman. <laughs> floppy would hit it. Fraggle's up and down like a yo-yo. It was carnage. And um, yeah, we managed to... Yeah, we managed to get pretty close to it. I uh, I got out for I think just over a hundred, maybe a hundred, hundred and one. Um, still need thirty left. And uh, floppy took us closer, and then righty hit I think Kevin O'Brien back over the top off the second last ball to win it. But I mean, the the hundred was yeah. I managed going, managed to sort of get to fifty, and again just chat to floppy. Let's just keep it going here. Let's just take it as deep as we can, and um, managed to get. Uh, Trent Johnson away, uh, and then Kyle McCallan came on, and he—I think I was on 93 maybe—and he, I ran down the wicket and, and somehow managed to hit him inside out over extra. And uh, Porterfield, who was at long off, came screaming round. He's a magic fielder, mm -hmm. and he's dived full length and he's held the catch. So I've run the single, thinking I'm out. And then one, so, there was a couple like Jim McFadden and these guys. There was a couple of supporters. I'm like, no, no, he's hit the rope. He's, he's, he's gone over the rope, but he's touched it, so it's six. So I'm walking off, and then suddenly I'm, I'm called back by, I think Daryl Hare was umpiring, and he's like, no, no, he's, he's touched the rope at six. So that was me on to 99. Um, I think Langford Smith bowled one, and I, I hit it down to Madon, and yeah, it was a great relief for, 
with that hundred. The only disappointing thing was I didn't quite see it through. I, I think I, I tried to hit and bought out of the park and and skied one. So, um, but yeah, no, that was a that, and then that, I, I loved playing the Irish. It was a real good battle, and uh, to get a hundred against them was was really special. We've done it a few times. Cause I, you actually, I'm skipping on a little bit, but my we went to South Africa for the World Cup qualifiers. It was in a losing cause, unfortunately. But there's a common theme here that you score your runs um, at a crucial time when the team tends to be under the pump. That's a really important uh, type of player to have on your side because we were in trouble that game as well, as we were a lot of that tour with the back, the top order didn't really didn't really fire. And you played a you and Jan Stander, I think it was that day. You played a played a blinder. Um, good mem good memories. Bononi, I think that was. It was Benoni, yeah. No, again, as you say, but I think we were twenty for three, maybe even twenty for four again. And Trent Johnston and Boyd Rankin were were all over us, and Gav and Ryan and these guys at the top of the order sadly had, had got out. And uh, yeah, it was Kyle initially. Kyle and I managed to put on I think seventy or eighty, and then Kyle got out for sort of late thirties and um, managed to get a little partnership with Righty going, and then latterly Jan Stander. And I think I got to maybe just over the hundred with. Two or three overs to go, and then started to to whack a few um, out of the ground. It was it was a good wicket, Benoni. It was really yeah. good, but sadly, sadly, two two thirty was never enough, and the Irish knocked it off in about thirty overs. Uh, they absolutely smacked it that day. Porterfield played a t t very different innings to I've ever seen him play before. He just came out and really? smashed it at the top. Morgan, um, Morgan, Morgan smoked sixty. He smashed it in Porterfield. Oh, that's right, poor Moni. Moni came on a, a short, shortest long on boundary there to Morgan, and, and he and he got he got he got creamed. Uh, but yeah, that that was that that was kind of the that was a frustrating tour because we didn't we didn't really find our feet after that. I mean, we, it was a very strong team, uh, but unfortunately, uh, we you know that that was kind of the that was kind of the way it just went for us after that. Because when you got that hundred, I really believed that that might be you and Jan getting us to that total, you know, we should defend this. We've got a strong bowling attack, but it, it didn't it didn't really work out for us on, on that tour. You, you played in a couple of World Cups, Maka. Um, one in particular, I went out there with you, it was a T20 World Cup South Africa in South Africa. Um, was that, your, that was your first experience of playing in the World Cup, wasn't it? Um, that was two years after the West Indies in 07. Um, I forget you played in the, the, the 07. Yeah, that Let's was an amazing. Let's talk about that first then. Let's talk about that first. That was an amazing experience. We we flew into Barbados, had a couple of warm-up matches against Bangladesh and Sri Lanka, which it was it was an amazing experience. I, I honestly I look back on it so fondly. I, um, I know the team we, we had a seriously tough group with uh, Australia, South Africa, Holland. Yeah. We we underperformed um, in those three matches. Obviously, Australia was always going to be tough. Uh, South Africa as well and then we got blown away by the Dutch which was just a disaster but the whole experience was amazing um, just being there I remember just sitting around the changing room and, and looking at the, and at the World Cup's uh, opening ceremony down in Antigua mm -hmm. and like I'm walking along the corridor and there's Sachin Tendulkar coming out of his room morning I'm like what am I doing here this is nuts and then you know in the lift there's Ricky Ponting one of my uh, morning, yeah, one of my heroes and I'm just like this is this is insane um, but it was an amazing experience just being there and, uh, you know, outriders and police helicopters and escorts to the games and checking under the bus for bombs and... Maka, that must be pretty mental, though, obviously being, being the head of maths uh, for Watsonians, you know, to be head of maths and then be at a World Cup, you know, semi-pro cricketer. How, how do you prepare for that mentally? Like, what was it? We, we went out to bat, you know, against Australia. How, how do you do it? 
You've got to do your knowledge planners. I was dropped for the Australia game. Oh, were you? <laughs> yeah, I was dropped for the Aussie game, but that's all right. Yeah, I, I came back in against South Africa, and this is actually one of my my things I, I really struggle with. I I faced 18 balls for one, and it was one of those days that, as, as I said earlier, you know, try and get a single and get down the other end. Yeah. I couldn't get that single. And you had Callis and Andrew Hall and Cheryl Langefeld. Lovely wicket in St. Kitts. I just could not, and my hands got tighter. I'm hitting, you know, you've got De Villiers, Gibbs. I just could not get the ball away. And it was, it was one of my biggest, uh, it's tough to say, regret. But one of my one of the things I think back on, I think, man, that was a nightmare. And the whole world are watching you. And this guy, McCallum, cannot get the ball off the square. Eventually, Callis threw one. I threw my hands. It went out to deep, deep cover point for one. But that, that was the only the only single. And then tried to hit Langerfeld somewhere and got bowled. So, yeah, it was... Uh, that was disappointing. That was that was a real big challenge. But um, yeah, head of maths planners, you better you better uh, fill the viewers in on that one. Mac has always uh, always been good with numbers. A, a little joke that's kicked about the the, the the club changing rooms a long time. Head of maths, he's always good at getting the DL right, and he's uh, definitely a peak teacher. Put it that way. <laughs> and it's fun with Preet. He came. Blaney brought him in a couple of seasons ago, and. Uh, he says, you know, Maka? And I was like, hi, Finn, how you doing? And Finn goes, oh, you work at Watson's, don't you? And I went, yeah, that's right, I'm head of maths. And the whole changing room just <laughs> erupted. And it kind of stuck. Oh, Maka, what are we? Well, we're 60 off 10. We're going at six and over. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, dear. Definitely not head of maths. Definitely no, not head of maths. No um, then another one, uh, the T20 World Cup. Um, I know a wee bit more about it because I was, I was there with you. Um Probably, probably feeding you a couple of drinks in the boundary line, keeping you hydrated and all that. You know, it was, it was very important to keep the hydration levels high in these tours. That's just a wee bit of banter. Me and planners have got to go, Maka. We, we're quite experienced in that department. I know. I've, uh, I've, listened, I've listened to your podcasts. I know. I know. No, not better at all. Not better at all, Maka. Um, but again, that was a couple of warm-up games. I don't actually remember what how you did in the warm-up games, if I'm being honest. My memory was the first game properly against Pakistan. Of you, I think you took. Uh, you, I remember you took an important catch a lot, or did it go over your head? Well, I walked in a few yards. That ah, shit. You know who's bowling? You know who's bowling? The crazy-eyed action man Panthero. <laughs> he's chucked it up, and Shai Afridi's just run at it. Both. Yep. Ah, ah, I've got this. I've got this. Of course, in South Africa, it just travels, and the bounce <laughs> both over the top. Match is going. <laughs> He's going rad, so yeah, he he whacked it, and no, I didn't get didn't get a snare, unfortunately. And we could have won that game, Maka. We really could have won that game that day. We that, that was, you know, we, we the bowlers bowled really really well. I mean, poor Ross Lyons got dropped in the morning of the game because we decided oh, yeah. to bring in another seamer. He was he was on the bus, I remember. Felt felt for him, but it was yeah. a good decision because Wrighty came back into the team. I think he took a couple of wickets, but we had them in serious trouble. Um, and I, I remember Afridi and I think it was Yunus Khan, they just had a wee cameo, didn't they? Just that kind of got their total up a wee bit. But, we, but Fraggle was going at a rate of knots for us. He was smoking it. Um, and we, we, we could have chased that that day. I really believe we could have chased it. Fraggle was brilliant. He took it on. He really did. He took it to them. I think he got, as you say, he got 50 and he smashed it. But unfortunately, yep. no, one could, no one could really stay with him and, uh, and get closer to get out to? A top-edged second ball. Off Shida Freedy caught in the boundary for zero. Was that sweeping? Sweeping, Maka. That was a sweep. Like the sweeper. He probably remembered you, didn't he, from Edinburgh? Well, my head of PE who sat at home, sadly passed away, Ian Brown. I got home and he went, 
we sat down with an, you know, with a party to watch you, and you've gone all the way to South Africa for a second ball duck. I was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And it, it was a bit of a gutter as well because it was a packed house a couple of nights later for a for what was going to be a a game against India, which is the stuff that dreams are made of, and the rain just didn't stop at Durban. It belted down. It belted down, and there was there was no chance. So the, the ground was underwater when the umpires called it. It was a real shame, as you say, the place would have gone off. We could have qualified. We were still in the contention. Of, we could yeah. have still gone through if things. Obviously, we'd had to beat India, which wouldn't have been easy. But it could, you <laughs> yeah. know, it, it could. You never know. You never know in T Twenty. Someone comes off, or you know, someone has a good spell of bowling, or someone like Fraggle get gets on with it, and and you know, you, you just never know. It was, it was the same. It was the same as you mentioned there, though, Maka, when you were saying when you went to the, the World Cup in West Indies, we attended. I don't know if you remember the ICC Awards. Yeah, yeah. And it was the same experience, man. I, I, I remember just sitting and like, Gav. I think I was sitting next to Gav, and Yuvraj turned round to Gav and was like, "How's Max?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no." And I, and I mean, Gav and Yuvraj are just chatting away. So I was always like, "Gav, do you know who am I? Do you know? Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him?" They all knew Gav because oh. these guys played. They all played played together, but it was very. It was a starstruck event. It was just everybody stroke. You're away getting a wee soft drink at the side, and you're standing next to the who's who of world cricket. It is quite a surreal feeling. Well, you, that's you mentioned that I was in the shopping centre with Gav, and suddenly Adam Gilchrist comes up, and Drummer was with us as well, and uh, he's like, "Hey, Gav, how you doing?" I'm like, "Jesus, Adam Gilchrist is a legend." He's like, "This is Maka," and, he, and then he obviously turns to to Drummer and goes, "This is Toby." <laughs> And Toby's just giving it a... Remember that? How are you doing? I'm, How are you doing? Uh, Toby! <laughs> oh, it's genius. That's stuck. I still call Drummo Toby. It was brilliant. You're shaky. I don't know who's got a bigger backside, Maka or Drummo. <laughs> I think Maka would probably still have it covered, to be honest. I think Maka would have it covered. Maka's more of a natural. It's just huge. That was always coming. He fluctuates, I think. He fluctuates with weight, with his weight. He's up, he's up and down. But Maka's is just doesn't matter how fit he is. It's still just strong, though. Just ah, strong, strong. He's made for the sweep. It's made for the sweep. You went on to play in another World Cup. Then you, 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 you know, when you actually look at it, you, you're really blessed. You, you got to play in, you know, the biggest, biggest stage of them all three times because you played in the World Cup in England as well, 2009. 2009, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a that was a that was a great tournament as well. Uh, the build up with games at Trent Bridge against England and uh, at the Oval against Holland. Um, again, just an incre incredible occasion. And then we played the the shortened game against New Zealand. And uh, geez, we scored about ninety. Oh, Dougie Lockhart's ninety off about Rhino. Rhino smashed it, didn't he? Rhino. I think Navi got on with it. Kyle as well. Yeah, we got 90. And then, honestly, Jesse Ryder just went. Mm. And they smoked it. They knocked it off with about an over to spare. It was mental. I know, it was crazy. We, we, we were sick. There was 90-something off six overs, and you're thinking, we're oh. going to win a game at the World Cup. That was yeah. the TV, wasn't it? I remember watching that. Incredible. Kyle Kutzer catch is what stands out as well at that tournament. Oh, I think oh. it, was against, it was against South Africa. South Africa, yeah. Caught, uh, I think he got Boucher caught in the boundary. What a catch. Yeah. It's one of the best catches of... It's up there. Something else I wanted to, to on a memory of playing with you, Maka, and I'll, I'll, you know, you normally you love the banter. You normally take it really, really well, and there's never any issues. But there's this one, what's, what's coming there's this here? One, there's this one time when it, it didn't go down well, and it, it was it was me and uh, 
Richie just seems to be always always in these stories, doesn't he? It's always, you know, Gowdy and Richie, you know, Macker and Richie, Flanners. So so anybody, you know, Richie Barrington might come across as this to the outside world, I think he always comes across as really innocent, but we know him from a from being on tours. He's a you've got to watch your back when he's around. So we'd went to Tesco and we were in, we were at, we're at Manofield. I think we were playing against was it the Irish game or was it maybe the Dutch? I think it was the was it the New Zealand? Uh, there's a lot of rainer. That's right. It was the tri series against New Zealand and Ireland. That's right. That's right. So we, 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 the rain, it was raining at that point. We were off the off the pitch. Um, just all kind of blazing back. Me and Richie walked down to the Tesco's, and there was this massive fish, like the full fish. Like don't know what it was, a haddock or whatever the hell it was. I'll tell you, but... I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you what it was. It was a rainbow trout. <laughs> Big massive rainbow trout. I said, I said, I said, Richie, we should should we buy this fish? And the plan was to put it in probably put it in your kit bag. So he's like, all right, okay, let's let's get this fish. So we've got I think if bloody fish cost about it wasn't cheap either. It cost it was it was spent some money on that fish. I don't um, want to, yeah, I'll, I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, carry on. Sorry. So we've, we've got back to the changing room, and you had those. Uh, who was it? You were sponsored by again? You were all because you were always. Nah, Pete Sports. Pete Sports, that's it. So those pads with the little red on them, your bat had the red sticker as well. So I've seen your pad and it was a big, big pad and I had obviously the bit the bit that sits in the middle and I just thought, this is made for it, man. We're playing Australia a week later or four or five days later. We're playing Australia at the Grange. Took the fish out, put the fish inside the pad, buckled your pads up so you couldn't see the fish, put it back in your kit bag. All was well, and was it that day, or was it a wee bit later? We'd come for it. I think we'd come back to the. I don't think you used your pad again that day. We'd come back to the changing room the next day, either for a practice or we were playing another game. It was definitely a bit of time afterwards, and the fucking change. <laughs> the changing room was st- <laughs> changing room was st- changing room was stinking, absolutely stinking. And you, you know, and I'm sitting in the corner. Everyone's like, "Where's that smell? Where's that smell?" And then you figured out, and you're like, you pulled the fish out from your pad, and you were raging, man. <laughs> I've never seen you that angry. You're like, going to go out. Brad Haddon's going to be keeping on. I'm going to be saying to him, my fucking pad stinks of fish. You know, and then right, and then I got, I got proper nailed. Like we've we've spoke about this, lads. No kit is to be touched. And I'm like, oh no, man. Tell us that you 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 were raging, weren't you? I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. As you say, the rule was do not touch someone's kit. I just remember opening the bag. Whoa. Turning the... I thought I was in here somewhere. I turned the pad round and here's this beautiful, like, rainbow trout and its eye was just winking at me. Oh, the smell. I was raging, honestly. Don't touch anyone's kit, but no, no. Jakey, I still really want for that. To be honest, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on record now. That was one that I did leave the changing room that day thinking, shouldn't have done that. I, I, I thought at the time it's Maka, man. Maka won't mind. Because I did choose. I mean, if I can imagine I'd done that to Blaney. Oh, <laughs> you wouldn't be here today. <laughs> he would have went mental. He would, the whole changing room would have been turned upside down. Um, listen, you had a bit of a fishy pad the next week against Australia, wasn't he? The, that was a great that was a great day as well went out to play against the Aussies um, Gouds got a fiver 
which mm. was a which was a great achievement. Um, you took a good catch in a long off boundary, Maka. I can't remember who it was. It might be of David Hussey, who was who scored a fine hundred. But what was your memory of that day? It was the pretty star-studded Aussie team. Oh man, they were loaded with stars. I think they scored for nearly 400, 380. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, David Hussey got 150 odd. We had them in a wee bit. Of, we actually had them in, you know, early doors. Had them in a wee bit of bother. It sounds like it. <laughs> you were there. You were sitting. I remember you sitting behind. You were giving me a bit of jip in the bit of jip in the crowd. And one went up, and I got a catch off. I think it was Bodges. I ran in, and I could I could just sense if I drop this right now, I'm going to get. I was so relieved when I caught it. I didn't do that very often. Like I, I was going from dropping a catch. But, um, Maka, we did have them. We, we got Warner early. Uh, we got a few early wickets, but Hussey and, Hussey and Voges were just oh, class. Hussey, Hussey was class. He was just running at the ball and whacking it towards Inverleaf Pond. I mean, you know, just... Maka, do you know how it went over the trees at the bottom of the Grange off match? Like, over yeah, the top, out of the ground. I remember that. It was yeah. huge. Honestly, miles. He he just kept running at it, and Madge was you know varying his pace, and he was just poof, smoking them. Oh, they were class. That was when I was I was a young lad then. I think I was. I'm pretty sure I was watching, and you've been maybe Scotland under 19s. I was thinking, oh, this is what you want to be a part of. Do you know what I mean? And all I remember from that game was the, the how clean these boys hit the ball. Like oh. it was incredible, like, just the timing. But there was just I've never I've seen some. Big sixes like Gowdy's six at um, Trent Bridge in the CB40 when he hit the top tier, it was going up at the bottom. That was big. But David Hussey that day, oh, I want to talk about animals actually quickly. Going back to the, the Grange days, right? Uh, me and Mac have been many bus tours back uh, after successful days from maybe Stirling and the Scottish Cup or even just up, up in our road. Mac had talked about the, 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 the sea trout there and Surprised he didn't have a wee nibble at it because there's a wee story when um, we're coming back uh, from a, an away day, the lads having a few drinks, and there's a wee hatch on the top of the bus, right? And we've opened the hatch up to get a bit of fresh air in, and this little slug is just dropped in. This slug's dropped in, so as Maka does, you know, comes up with some mad, you know, game. Right, lads, right, we'll play, we'll play a game for this, and whoever loses the game will eat the slug, right? So I've set the scene, Mark, you tell the rest. Well, I always suggest these games and I always end up being in the final. So <laughs> it was, it's, landed on, it's landed on one of the Edwards boys, Will or Henry. And they're like, oh, it's a slug, as Flanner says. So I was like, right, let's have a game of fives. And the loser has to eat the slug. So we've obviously had a few beers from Aberdeen. We're about Dundee now. And it's Raj and I in the final. <laughs> the doctor, Dr. Raj Routry. So Raj and I... And I was like this, oh my word, I don't believe this. So anyway, I end up losing. And I'm like, well, come on then. So when I was in Asda in Aberdeen, I'd bought a packet of the Walker's Sensation Papa Doms, the lime, the lime ones. <laughs> so I, I put the slug onto the Papa Dom. Oh. In, chew, chew, chew. And then you get the, the pop. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. It was brutal. But I told, the, the story got out that I'd done this and there was a, a couple of members of staff at school, and they messaged me. A guy had done the same in Australia, and sadly, he'd, he'd eaten a slug in a garden, and he turned in, he basically was a quadriplegic, and then he passed away. And they were like, man, you've dodged a bullet here. And I was like, I got the message. So the message out here for anyone, if a slug falls through your bus roof, do not eat it. <laughs> do not eat it. Do not eat it. But that is just you to a T. You always came up with these bright ideas, and it could quite often backfire on you. And end up being uh, 
that Dundee, that Dundee route, that little slip road just after the first Dundee roundabout. There's a few um, pants down peas uh, on, on that way home. Trust me. A lot of horns beating as we uh, as we went as I went past. Scottish Cup. I mean, you boys, um, you boys have won a lot. You think three Scottish Cups in your time, three Scottish Cup victories. Yeah, lost lost two finals as well. Um, but yeah, managed to to get three out of the five, which is. Uh, Tell me about, I always had a bike trip. Um, yeah, the first one we won was 2013 against Carlton. Uh, we lost the toss. We got 220. It was probably par, to be honest. And we managed to, to bowl Carlton out for 190. They had, you know, Fraggle, Drummle, Preston Momsen. So that was, that was a brilliant win. And to win the first Scottish Cup was an awesome experience. It's still, I love playing there. It's a, it's a great place to play. Uh, a few beers there, back to the club, a few beers in the trophy, a lap around the ground with... Naked. Yeah, OK. A few, few, few items of clothing missing. But that morning, I decided, I said to Pip, look, you, you come through with Sophie, I'll, I'll cycle down for some reason, and I'll cycle home. She's like, what happens if you win? I said, look, I'll cross that bridge, I'll get a taxi. Anyway, half one in the morning, I've got school the next day, I'm thinking, I've got the bike here. So get the bike on, sorry, get the helmet on, get on the bike. Chris Soule jumps out behind a car as I'm leaving Grange. And I like totter off my bike into the sort of side of the fence there by the tennis course. I'm like, Soli, come on, I've got to cycle 10 miles back to Fairmile Head, just leave me. So I set off. I don't know how I got home in one piece. I remember putting my bike in the garage, locking the door, lying on the concrete path down to the garage, looking up at the stars, just going, yes. So that was uh, yeah, that was a long day. So school, the next day at school was even longer. It's it quite a surreal experience, isn't it? Like playing playing cricket at Stirling with the, the castle in the background and the monument. It's you know to 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 do that you know two times there was brilliant and just the, the camaraderie with the lads and the in the dressing room afterwards and you know we were you know straight arming you know rum and stuff at the the, the Scottish Cup and Mac is lying along the the the, the bar. People are pouring stuff into him. It, it, it was just, it was sensational. And even the, the batting in those games, mate, again, you know, you, you turned up a couple of times as well. So um, these are sort of memories that, you know, a lot of people play club cricket and for years and never get a chance to do that. And I suppose you're right, Shaky, that was the whole the glory hunting days. Is, the reason I went to Grange was to go bat in a better wicket. Um, I don't know if that was always the case, but it's certainly to be able to win the Scottish Cups and, and to be a part of it with, with Neil was, was brilliant, I have to admit. Achievement. Unfortunately, not got, not had the pleasure of winning the Scottish Cup. Um, but you boys have done it three times. Even, even against Heriots, like Marcus just absolutely dispatched them there two years ago. Was it two years ago, Marcus? Three years ago. Uh, 2018. Yeah, we needed ten to win, and someone got out, and I was like, impressed. Like, Marcus, you go, you go. Last game. Okay, so I took guard, first ball, dot, and then second ball out of nowhere, left arm spinner, Michael Sheehan. <laughs> Into the tennis court, slug sweep, six, four to win, dot ball. I think it was Keith Morton, sadly, dropped one down and Gouds just smoked it to the boundary for four. But, yeah, um, yeah that was a, that was another good day. The Scottish Cup for me was, they were the best days. Just, um, I'm, you know, losing two as well. They were they were quality games as well. But to win it was was an amazing feeling. And as Flanner says, just having beers in the change room after with all your mates and, you know, the bus journey back to Edinburgh, which was was pretty loose, was uh, was good fun. No, it's good. That sounds, That's sounds, why you play. That's like why you play good, sport. Sounds like a great time. Sorry, planners. 
No, I'm just saying that's why you play sport, isn't it? To, to be around your lads, it's the camaraderie, and that's why I always say any young people, you know, why wouldn't you want to play a team sport? It's, it's fantastic. You must get pretty lonely as a tennis player and whatnot. Like, is it? You know, it's, it's cricket. Uh, some of the best. I mean, winning in Kenya. Uh, were you in Kenya when we won the I Cup game? No, I don't think you went in that tour. Um, but Bermuda in Canada. Like that was probably my greatest memories, and to win with the boys and just be there together, little you know, singing "Old Flower of Scotland" in the bus. I mean, you would have been part of that good on many occasions and many tours. There's no better feeling. They were brilliant days, though. That you know, that was one of the best trips. The, the Canada Bermuda. There was no, there was no big names. There was no egos. Yeah. It was just there was just 15 guys all playing for their country, and we, we performed brilliantly. We beat Bermuda. Yeah. What a ground that was! Remember that, like the wicket we turned up, it was bright orange. I was. You don't remember there was a crowd that they had the crowd in as well. Yeah. Like, I remember me, 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 Omi, and Madge walking around the boundary line, and the guy started saying, "Yes, this ain't no Scotland. It's Pakistan. <laughs> this ain't no Scotland. Pakistan." And we were like, "What the hell?" Well, it was, and they were getting right into it and coming up to the boundary line. It was, it was just as different because we play in Scotland. I mean, you're lucky you get a few punters on the on the boundary line, but to play in front of a decent crowd there was good fun. And Canada, Canada wasn't as nice a ground. No, it wasn't Toronto. No, it wasn't. But still, I mean, you still got to go and do a job. And, and Dougie, yeah. was it Dougie? Dougie got a big hundred. He got 150, maybe. Yeah, we got a partnership with maybe it's a record. It's number three record. 290. 200. I got 96. So he got 150. Yeah, I say 80. Um, so, but yeah, Dougie drank a fair amount of H2O. That. <laughs> I don't know. They were, I think we had to probably get a delivery of bottles in, man. I was, he was just sweating, just drinking constantly. He's always got a big bottle in his shoulder. Oh. <laughs> I, room, I roomed with Dougie in Bangladesh, uh, in Bangladesh, yeah. And honestly, pitch black. And then you'd heard one in the morning. <laughs> I was like, what's that? Oh, it's Dougie drinking water. And then another hour later. <laughs> <laughs> Guzzled bottles of H2O. Maka. Who's the um, who's the best player you played with in the Scotland team? Um, from Scotland or can it be overseas? Scottish player. Both. 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 Um, overseas would be George Bailey. Class. Lucky enough, lucky enough to play with him at Grange for two years. He came, I think, oh seven and ten maybe or oh six and ten. He was different gravy. He was class and what a guy as well. Yeah, brilliant. And then best Scottish, ooh, probably Costa. Kyle's that I don't know how he plays shots back down the ground with that high elbow. It's incredible, incredible. Enjoy playing the Played some freakish innings. I mean that Bangladesh one in the World Cup that was ridiculous. Outstanding, outstanding. He's been brilliant for Scotland for I don't know. Must be coming up twenty years. He's uh, brilliant. A great county career down down south with Durham and uh, and the other guys North fans. But no, Kyle, Kyle was magic. Absolutely brilliant. Who's um who's the best you've played against? Easy, scary eyes. Murray, unbelievable. Really? Oh, unbelievable. Lancashire. Um, did you play against him when he was at Lancashire, or did you play? Did, was it against Sri Lanka because he played at Lancs as well? No, Scotland played against him a few times. Yeah, we played him at uh, Lancashire. Um, I remember Floppy coming down the wicket. I'd just got down on one knee. Bang. Stuck him in the car park at Old Trafford. Floppy's come down. Macca, where did that come from? I was like, I haven't a clue. Haven't a clue. Just literally, he was so unbelievable to face. You could hear the ball fizzing towards you. 
and his eyes would light up, and he was he was incredible, absolutely incredible. What's um, Maka? Where's the? I suppose it was something we talked on quite earlier. Was when's the most nervous you've been before a game, and maybe during a game? Can you think back? Yeah, uh, we've we've talked about it already. The most nervous I've been was Scotland, Pakistan. Uh, that was yeah, that was uh, that was squeaky bum time. Yeah. Being twenty four, but when I actually get out to the middle, all those yeah. emotions take over and the, the fear goes away. Yeah. And during a game, I'll tell you now, Shaky, you played in it. Can you remember in Deventa? We we were chasing seventy three to win against Holland, and we were six for five, and then eighteen for six, and out comes the Panther, yeah. and. He and I managed to get us over the line. We were both thirty-three. Ah, what about that game? That was that, that was bloody hell. A good memory there, Mac. By the way, he's the worst watcher of cricket as well, Neil McCallum. You don't want to sit beside him if you're chasing because he he just can't watch. He can't watch Gaudi bat at the best of times, but Mac is a nightmare. Oh, I'm nervous now. Oh, job. Oh, I can't watch boys. That's Mac of the team. Yeah, but you sit there and go, "Oh, we're never going to win this. We need 150 off." You know, eighteen over. I'm like, Flanners, just stay calm. Honestly, he's the worst. You, you give uh, out. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that, game, that game in Deventer was crazy. Six for five, chasing seventy-three. I remember well now. Oh, they were all over us. Peter Borum was in our ears, and all these guys. And then out comes Panther. They had two gullies, and he kept just doing that with his bat, guiding it <laughs> down. Guiding these guys at gully like that. <laughs> Panther just fed it through that gap, and we both finished thirty-three not out, which was uh, that was another good night out as well. Uh, that, was yeah. great, that was a good win. That was a really good win. That was a very good win. You both of you I remember it so well now that you've refreshed the memory. But we had we, we were out, we were out the game, we were done, and and oh. in the end, you did it really casually as well. That's the thing about it. Panther just like you say, nudging it. You just kept you were choosing your shots well, taking on the right the right ones because you were a bit more attacking. You were taking a if I remember right, you you waited, 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 and then took a few spinners on and got got a couple away, and we ended up getting over the line pretty comfortably in the end. But it wasn't comfortable at one point. So, honestly, I was at the other end and like Rusty was cleaned up, uh, Matthew Parker gone. It was just it was crazy. We honestly we were in massive trouble. But again, we just you know we just got again come of the come of the come of the you know come of the hour. You you, you stepped up when it's when the it seems that you really did score your best runs when. We were against, you know, under pressure. I'm sure for Grange as well. Flanners, you will have seen him do it many times over the years when he's been in a wee sticky situation. And then Maka comes in. You see me enjoy the, see me really enjoy the fight. You know what? I'm going to mention Flanners here. We played Clydesdale that match, match you were at in, in 2014. And Madge and, and you know, the late Condalanga, they, they were all over us. And I was like, we were dotting up. I think we had four or five maidens between probably. I don't know, 13th and 18th overs. I said, Flanners, something's got to change here or we're going to dig a hole. We need, and he he said, right, like, okay. I said, I'll target Madge next over. You target Con. And he whacked Con over long on for six. Mm. I ran at Madge, which is not an easy thing to do. Ran at Madge twice, got inside it, over, over mid off. You can imagine Madge, steam kind of his ears. Um, but those two, when they bowled in tandem, they were outstanding. Yeah. And, uh, class won so many games at that point. For- I, I found Madge, I just found Madge so difficult to get away. You know, I, I've never been a big sweeper of the balls. I could hit cow corner and go downtown, but 
Magic's just tough to change of pace. And Con was a you know, Con was a great ball as well, great guy. And now nah, that was a memorable game. And, and that's what stands out for me as as a cricketer, as Mac for Mac is is just the bottle. You've always had a lot of bottle. You used to get some dodgy, a bit, a bit of cramp here or there, but a wee bit like me. But yeah, you always had a big ticker, Mac, and it's uh, it'll, hopefully we hopefully young Ollie will take after his uh, his old man and be good at golf rather than any, cricket. Any, any, uh, is there any, any, is there, is there any chance, young Ollie? How's he looking with a cricket bat in his hand? It's good. Uh, he's not, he's not bad. Yeah, he uh, he loves it. It's, to be honest, anything, tennis, golf, cricket, anything with a ball, rugby, football. He's into everything. Um, yeah, there's a bit of, bit of grass behind the house here and I cut a wicket on the neighbours. Nice. Like, what is this guy doing? So I've just <laughs> cut, this, cut this strip of grass, put the stumps in that we painted in lockdown, these wooden stumps my dad gave me. And uh, he, he just ran up and bowled. And I thought, you know what, one day I'm, I'm going to have a wee shot here. So he says, Dad, you're going to bat? Yeah, I'm going to pant on. And I said, yeah, I'm all right. And he had a hard ball. And he's bowled on this thing. It's come off a length. It's hit me on the shoulder. And I'm like, right, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> he was going to knock my teeth in on a wee... A wee patch of grass out the back here, but uh, no, we, we, we go down to Pennycook on a, a Friday night and play in the quick cricket tournaments on a Sunday morning, and he enjoys it. So yeah, we'll see see where see where he gets to. Oh, good, good, good. Glad to hear it. And how what's uh, how, how's life for you? How are you enjoying the how are you enjoying your forties? Even though I still can't believe I'm saying that Neil McCallum, forty three years old. Um, how are you enjoying your life? You know, fatherhood now, family life. You you you, you look like you've you've taken to it very well. I'm absolutely loving it. Absolutely loving it. Um, work's busy, so Pip, Pip teaches down at Watson's as well. So we all head together in the morning at half seven. The kids are now into after-school clubs and loads of activities, and we come back together. And then in the evenings, we sort of turn into taxi drivers. Sophie does gymnastics down at Portobello. Ollie's got his football for Bonnie Rig and uh, Watsonian rugby on a Sunday. So every day there's swimming, uh, gymnastics, tennis. It's, it's really busy, but you know what? It's that's why I sadly I retired. I just um, I want to spend time with them, and I would love to still be playing. And I actually think I'm I'm probably fit enough to still be playing, and uh, I do miss it. But I, I want to spend time with the family, and, and for me that's that's number one. And uh, yeah, they're, they're they're great fun. No, it's it's nice to meet them. It's nice to meet them beforehand. We were having some technical issues around with Flanners. Maka didn't know how to get his screen with the three of us on it. So uh, his lovely daughter. What's your daughter called? Sophie. Sophie uh, kindly came and Maka, you were still trying to fidget and get in her way, but Sophie just kind of let you know there, like, can you just back off? Head of maths. I was just about to say, I might be head of maths, but I'm not head of information technology computing. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, but Sophie managed to get us get get us get us sorted and get us going. Uh, so it was really nice to it's nice to nice to meet your kids. And look, I just want to say it's been a it's been a it's been a real pleasure taking a trip down memory lane with you. Um, it's been fun to have Mr. Flanners on as well. All, all at the same time, he's obviously play a lot of cricket together and have done up until recently. Um, I think you had a great career, really fantastic career for Scotland. It was a pleasure to play with you. Hopefully, we get to cross paths at some point. Is there anybody you want to to thank or mention before we before we go off? No, I think uh, well, probably my wife Pippa first and foremost. She's uh... She's had to deal with me behind the scenes, uh, maybe calming me down or, you know, picking me up when I've had a few bad days. But no, I mean, really just all you guys that have, have made this journey so enjoyable and, um, you know, some of the trips and some of the places we've been to. When you when you sit and actually think, like, the kids say, have you been to Bermuda? And you go, yeah, in Canada. And some of the trips we've had and some of the experiences have been unbelievable. And, you know, if we can help this younger generation with some of these experiences or some of the knowledge that we have, 
then you know if we can help a few kids out there to to help them on the cricket field then i think that's that's really really valuable and um that's not just my job as a teacher but anyone who's involved in a cricket club just trying to help help these younger players is uh, is massive well listen chaps thank you very much it's been a pleasure and you guys take care of yourselves Cheers, Marco. Cheers, Marco. Thanks,